Be sure to check out www.dailynews.com. WDW Daily News provides articles and other information about the Walt Disney Company and more. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at WDW Daily News, a proud partner of Sorcerer Radio. You're listening to DW60 on Sorcerer Radio. The following is an original production of the Sorcerer Radio Network. Sorcerer Radio. Have some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning Time for the headlines from the Walt Disney World Resort. It's DW60's Press Row. However, you may be listening, Sorcerer Radio, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts. We're glad you're here to find out what is happening over at the Walt Disney World Resort. Jeff Davis here with you. Hope your day has been fantastic and glad you're here to join me for the show. Because we have reached a certain point in our counting of days. I honestly did not believe that this day was going to come. I I really didn't. I figured, you know, maybe after so many days and the outcry from, you know, Disney fans at Walt Disney World saying, you know, we want a nighttime parade. Please give us a nighttime parade. Something, anything. I figured we would have already been done with this. But now we have reached... Over 1,000 days. We are now at 1,005 days. I was shocked to see that we reached a year. I was shocked to see that we reached two years, but now 1,005 days. And right before we hit that 1,000-day mark, about a week before that, an interesting story came out from the Disney Parks blog. And I'm out shopping here in South Mississippi, and um, one of the listeners of Sorcerer Radio sent me a, a quick message on Facebook. It, Jeff, did you see this you know, post about the Main Street Electrical Parade? Now, the building that I was in doesn't have the greatest cell signal. And so when I saw that, and that, that was all he said, is, have you seen the news about the Main Street Electrical Parade? I got real excited. So I literally left everything that I had you know, in my cart, or I th- no, I was carrying stuff with me. I just I put it down somewhere. I didn't care whether it's put back right or right. And I ran outside of the building to get a better, you know, cell signal. And I get into the Jeep and I just, you know, turn on the AC because it's like 107 right now in South Mississippi. It's so hot. 
And uh, I said, no, I haven't seen uh, this news. What's going on? And he tells me the Main Street Electrical Parade is returning to Disneyland. <laughs> Just because at first I, I got really excited, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Are, are they going to bring back the Electrical Parade at, at the Magic Kingdom for just a short time or are they going to bring it back for the 50th anniversary or, or what, what's going on and he tells me it's going back to Disneyland and so immediately I know I'm, I'm checking all my regular you know news sources uh, to see what is going on and I find the story and come to find out yes Main Street Electrical Parade headed back to Disneyland for a limited time during the month of August I just went are you kidding me here we've gone at the time when the story came out, over 900 days with no nighttime parade, and you want to send the electrical parade back to Disneyland. Just so happens that the time that the electrical parade is going to be there, the D23 Expo is going on. I was like, oh, well, that's convenient. All these people showing up for D23, and you have no parade going on because apparently Paint the Night isn't running. I don't know why. I'm not too up to date on that. But that's what you're going to be doing during D23 Expo. And you want people to see a nighttime parade at Disneyland. And so I start reading comments. You know, I'm going through comments on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram. And right off the bat, and even on the Disney Parks blog uh, Facebook page, right off the bat, I'm seeing people. Why is it going back to Disneyland when we haven't had a nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World for so long now. Why is it that Disneyland gets it? And of course, everybody at Disneyland's extremely excited. This parade isn't even supposed to be available to any park right now. The way I looked at it, when Main Street Electrical, Electrical Parade had its last performance at Disneyland, I expected Disney to just scrap it, take it apart, or do whatever you're going to do with it. Or leave it out to pasture like you do other things. They've got a, you know, literally a graveyard of things at Walt Disney World, if you've ever seen the videos before. So it's a graveyard of old booths, the canoes that they used to have, uh, just all, all kinds of things. Just sitting out there rusting and just rotting away. I figured they were going to do that with it, or take it apart, or melt it down, who knows what. But no. They apparently just threw it in a warehouse and said, we're, we're going we're gonna to save this for later, you know. We might need it again. Yeah, you might need it again because we need one at Walt Disney World and we haven't gotten it. So, I just, I cannot under, it, it blows my mind as to why Disneyland is so privileged over Walt Disney World after now going 1,000 days and having no nighttime parade whatsoever. It just, it blows my mind. And of course, right off the bat, Disneyland people who are you know fans of Disneyland love going there they're like well look the Main Street Electrical Parade started in Disneyland it belongs to us the parade doesn't belong to anybody it belongs to Disney doesn't matter if it started at Disneyland Paris or Disneyland California or the Magic Kingdom in Florida it doesn't matter it doesn't belong to you at all it belongs to Disney and so many of these other parks have got nighttime parades, and, and here we are, a thousand, over a thousand days, and no nighttime parade over at the Magic Kingdom. And then we've heard other you know news reports and rumors and speculations. Lord, if I say that, good grief. 
speculations and rumors, as crazy as those are these days, that Disney has no intention of even mentioning or announcing a nighttime parade for the Magic Kingdom at the upcoming D23 Expo. They're not, they're not saying a word about it. Nothing. I don't know if that's true or not, like I said. Rumor or speculation. And some people have said, well, you know, Disney thinks that uh, the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World is popular enough at night. And you don't need a nighttime parade. Ah, baloney. No, I don't believe that. Don't believe that either. Then other people have said, well, you guys have got Epcot. You've got Hollywood Studios. You've got Animal Kingdom. You've got these water parks and all this other stuff. Okay, yeah, we do. I'm I'm, I'm sorry if Walt Disney himself blessed us with the gift of space. Being able to expand. Being able to add more and more things as the years go. Yeah, we've got a lot of extra space to put all these resorts and these parks and everything else. I get it. I get that. But it doesn't mean that you're entitled to everything that happens, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I know we're getting Tron. I get it. You got Star Wars Galaxy's Edge before us, didn't you? Yeah. You guys get stuff, too, but we we would still like to have a nighttime parade. So, Disney, what's the issue? What's the problem? You're just going to let the electrical parade sit in a warehouse and you'll bring it back every now and then? And you're not going to do anything at all for the 50th? It just... I, I just shake my head and I just don't get it. Why do we have to go this long, over a thousand days, and no nighttime parade whatsoever? Some of these other shows that Disneyland has had have been fantastic. The uh, the Mickey show with all the lights and and the, you know the music and stuff that's fantastic. I love it. Paint the night. Love. I was so hoping that Paint the Night was going to make its way over to the Magic Kingdom since we had nothing. And you guys were having all these other little parades and everything else. Nothing. Now some people will go ahead and they'll say to you, "Oh well, you've got Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. You got the Boo to You Parade." And you've got the Christmas parade. That's seasonal stuff. It only happens for so long. And then you go the rest of the year and you have nothing, as far as parade-wise, except during the day. There's just something about a nighttime parade going down Main Street, USA. Disneyland guests will tell you the exact same thing. There's just something magical about it. I don't know what it is, but people line up for every single one of them. Doesn't matter if they showed it twice a night. If they did the parade twice a night, the streets were full on Main Street USA. There's just something about it. And it saddens me the fact that some of these kids who are just now getting to experience the Magic Kingdom and Disney for the first time at Walt Disney World have yet to experience a nighttime parade there. Maybe their parents didn't take them for Halloween or didn't take them for Christmas. Never had that opportunity of seeing these beautiful floats come down Main Street USA all lit up. Characters wearing costumes all lit up, along with cast members and the dancing and everything else. It's fantastic. I love it. But now we've gone over 1,000 days and no nighttime parade. But everybody in Disneyland gets it for a short amount of time for the electrical parade. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you guys get to see it. What about everybody else over there on the East Coast? So I hope you guys enjoy it. 
Because I don't know whether this is going to be the last time or not. This may be literally the last time. But why is Disney bringing it back? For such a short amount of time other than the D23 Expo. Hmm. It brings me to our next topic. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is what I want to talk about. It's been open for a little bit over a month now over in Disneyland in California. And initially, when the land opened, uh, they had a fantastic ceremony to open the place up. Uh, Mark Hamill, uh, Billy D. Williams, Harrison Ford, George Lucas were all there along with um, a lot of other people, media as well, to open this place up. And we saw the first month of, really the first month of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening available to resort guests only for Disneyland. And I think it was a fantastic idea because it kept the crowds down and people were able to get in and enjoy it and see things. The crowds were still heavy, don't get me wrong. But now that they've gone through that process and guests who have been staying in the resorts have, you know, at the time, got to see Galaxy's Edge, it has now been open to the public. And the first day was just mass chaos. Uh, People were waiting long, long, long hours for a lot of different things. And Disney, uh, on their first day, tried this reservation system to get into the land so it wouldn't reach capacity so much. It didn't work out very well. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff happened. The thing is, um, I still have not watched any footage from uh, Smuggler's Run. Uh, I don't want to see the attraction till I can get on it. I know what the land looks like, so seeing stuff like that doesn't bother me. Um, seeing the cantina and other things, I've seen pictures of it already. I know what it looks like. Does it? No spoiler there. That stuff has been on for a while. What has interested me? In the past few weeks since the public was able to freely go and see Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has been some of the reviews or some of the speculations as to how well or how bad Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is doing. Because apparently from what people are saying, and I don't know this specifically because I am not at Disneyland and I'm not at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, so I cannot confirm any of this. But people are saying that the amount of people actually seeing Star Wars Galaxy's Edge isn't very high. There is not a lot of foot traffic for Galaxy's Edge. And at the same time, they are saying that Disneyland itself is not seeing a lot of summertime vacationers right now. Uh, a couple of videos that I have watched of people you know, walking around and enjoying things at Disneyland are seeing unusual short wait times for a lot of popular attractions. And it's not because everybody else is at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That is not the case. For some reason... Not a lot of people are going to Disneyland and going to see Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. The guest attendance, for some reason, just isn't there. Why? Is is that a preview of things to come for Disney's Hollywood Studios? That's a question to ask. The other question is, is there not enough offerings inside of Galaxy's Edge? I, I tend to say no. 
I think there's an offering that's missing, and we'll talk about that in a second. There's one attraction. Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. People love it. People have had high praises about this attraction. Now, it's had its issues like any brand new attraction or any attraction at a Disney park. You have issues. You have breakdowns. You have little problems that you need to fix. Everything else, it's fine. I don't think that's the issue. Then let's talk shopping. Lots of shopping options, I think. Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. Savi's Workshop. Build a lightsaber. Go to the droid factory. Build a droid. Let's talk about dining options. Docking Bay 7. The Cantina. There's some dining options around. So it's not like there's not enough to do. There's plenty to do. So what's the problem? Where is the disconnect between what people are saying and what's actually going on in the interests of Star Wars? Now, for years... We had Star Wars weekends at Disney's Hollywood Studios, a fantastic event. Went on once, if you're lucky, twice a year. Stars from the the Star Wars movies, the actors and actresses would show up. And uh, special events were going on, special food, all this other stuff. Fantastic idea. But the one thing everybody would always say is, you know, it would be great if we had a Star Wars land. Sure, we had Star Tours. We still have it now. And people love that attraction. It got a little old after a while. They had to update it. And that helped more traffic going into the attraction. But just having Star Tours was not enough. Disney fans wanted a Star Wars land. And Disney Imagineers came up with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. A little of the disconnect, I think, with Galaxy's Edge is... Somebody like me, who grew up watching the original films. Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, The Emperor, Boba Fett. All of these great characters. And even some of the characters from the prequel films, episodes 1 through 3. Some fantastic characters there as well. So, we were very invested in Star Wars. And the reason we loved Star Wars Weekends and Star Tours is because it was connected with those original films. But now you have Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which the story itself is brand new. It's, there, a lot of people don't know a lot about it. And it focuses on the previous two films we just had, Episode 8 and Episode 9. I'm sorry, Episode 7 and Episode 8. I haven't had 9 yet focuses on those films and the characters themselves that you're going to see are from these previous two films except for, you know, Chewbacca. He was in the originals. Uh, I think you see R2-D2 in the droid factory in there. It's just, you know, something for people to buy. But, I mean, it's there, okay? But Kylo Ren is going to be walking around the First Order Stormtroopers are walking around. Ray is walking around, interacting with guests. But I think there might be a little disconnect between some of the, our original character favorites, which you've been able to see for quite some time now in a place like the Launch Bay. 
where you can meet over in Disneyland with Darth Vader or Disney's Hollywood Studios, Kylo Ren or Chewbacca. I mean, it's still great. It's still wonderful. But for some reason, you don't see a lot of those. You don't see those characters. You don't see Darth Vader at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I think a lot of people were disappointed about that. And at the same time, I don't know if younger people are as passionate about these new Star Wars films like we are about the original. That's why we were so excited to see Star Wars Galaxy's Edge happen. There's another point to this as well. The track record for Disney opening up new lands has been shaky. It hasn't been the greatest. When we saw Pandora, the world of Avatar, open, it was mass chaos. People trying to see and experience this brand new land at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And we saw a wait time for Flight of Passage up to like seven hours, four to five hours for the Navi River journey as well. So people were just packed in there. Disney just didn't do a very good job trying to tame the crowds that wanted to get into that land. And nowadays, fast passes are barely available for those two attractions. If you do get one, you're lucky. So Disney learned their lesson, and then we came to Toy Story Land that opened at Disney's Hollywood Studios. A little bit better. A little more organization when it came to opening the land and getting people in there and getting them out. Also a little bit better as far as managing the attractions themselves. Not a bad job. I was impressed with the way they did things. Still very long lines. A lot of people wanted to see it. But it was slam-packed full. Could not get a fast pass for Slinky Dog. You know, it was tough. So now when you have an iconic thing like Star Wars coming to a Disney park and people are like, wow, this is going to be huge. We've been talking about it for a couple of years now. When this park opens, you know, we said, this is going to be huge. This is going to be amazing. The crowds are going to be unbelievable. People are going to be waiting outside for three to four days to get into this area and see Galaxy's Edge for the first time. Well, Disneyland took care of that. And they said, oh, uh, hold on one second. Only Disneyland Resort guests get to see it first. I think that deterred a lot of people. But at the same time, Disney has said, even after that period was over for resort guests only, they have still continued to say, no fast passes available for Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Why? It's interesting. They're still saying it for... Disney's Hollywood Studios. No fast passes available for Smuggler's Run. Why? I don't understand it. Kind of helps with the crowds a little bit. The other thing I thought about is just people just saying to themselves, I don't want to have to deal with that crowd. I don't want to have to wait six to seven hours in line because there are no fast passes for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge for Smuggler's Run. I don't I think a lot of people said that. A lot of people have also said You know what? I'm just going to wait until 2020 or I'm going to wait until 2021. I'm going to wait for the 50th. A lot of people just don't want to have to deal with the initial crowds. 
So I think that may be a little bit of the issue that Disneyland has been working with for some time, and they may not have seen the crowds that they were expecting because a lot of people are hesitant to go to the land because they don't want to deal with the long lines. They don't want to deal with a lot of different things. That I think that's why some people are calling Star Wars Galaxy's Edge a failure. I don't see it as a failure. It's a very immersive land from what I've seen. I haven't been there, so I can't tell you for certain, but it seems so immersive. Building your own droid. Building your own lightsaber. Getting the chance to fly the Millennium Falcon. And coming soon, Rise of the Resistance. We'll talk about that in just a second. Drinking blue milk for the first time. Trying some of these brand new foods that are available. Speaking of food, I think where Disney missed it just a little bit is having some type of a sit-down table service Star Wars-themed restaurant in Galaxy's Edge. I think they missed that. Because I I do realize we're getting a space-themed restaurant over at Epcot. I get that. I think the same concept would have worked very well if they had put that type of a restaurant in Galaxy's Edge with character interactions. How much fun would it be to have R2-D2 roll up to your table and have C-3PO or Boba Fett or Chewbacca or, you know, dining with Darth Vader. Dining with Kylo Ren, with Rey. I mean, to me, that that is so much better of an idea than sticking a space-themed restaurant over in Epcot. It just makes more sense to me. Now, who's to say that we won't have a Star Wars-themed restaurant at the new resorts at Walt Disney World? I don't know. I don't know that. There's a good possibility that there will be. And I'm hoping that, you know, anybody can go and dine there. I'm hoping it's not just resort guests who are staying at the Star Wars Resort. I really hope that. But I I just think that it would have been so much better. Instead of wasting all of this other space that they seem to have wasted in the land with props and put a sit-down table service restaurant in there. The cantina, from what it looks like to me, is fantastic. Very well-themed. Very immersive and a lot of fun. Especially with DJ Rex in there, the way they make the drinks and everything else. It looks wonderful. And I hear the food offerings are pretty good. Uh, Ronto Wraps, um, Ronto Roasters, Docking Bay 7, I hear, again, has good food. But do we really need more quick service restaurants? No. I think we needed a table service Star Wars restaurant with character interaction. That's what I'm hoping for on down the line. And I think that's what Galaxy's Edge is missing is missing right now. Now, when it comes to Rise of the Resistance, this is another reason as to why some people think Galaxy's Edge has failed. Because new information came out yesterday from Disney Parks blog is that Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is going to be opening at Walt Disney World on December the 5th. And then it's going to be opening at Disneyland 
on January the 17th. And I'm going, wait, we're doing this again? We're doing this whole thing to where we're opening one at a time? So you're giving Disney World Rise of the Resistance first, and then you're giving it to Disneyland? Why? What, what is the point? And then I started thinking about it a little bit more. Maybe there were some real technical issues with the attraction, and that's why they didn't open it at from the get-go for both Disneyland and, and Walt Disney World. But I think that hurt the land at the same time. To only have one attraction... Two quick service areas to get something to eat, a cantina for drinks, appetizers, and a couple of shops. Sure, it's great, but it's just not done. Disney fans don't like things that aren't finished. That's like opening an attraction and and just having it half done. It's like, you're going to see the first half of the attraction, but when you see the second half, well, that's only partially done. Sorry about that. I, they missed they missed that too and I get it they had probably had some real technical issues but does that tell me that Disneyland's issues were worse than Disney World's when it comes to Rise of the Resistance I don't know not sure but unless that is the case they've got just that much more to work on at Disneyland I don't get why you're not why you're not opening these at the same time on the same day, both coasts, Rise of the Resistance is now open. Boom, you've got crowds. I think it hurt Galaxy's Edge. And I think that's why some people say Galaxy's Edge is a failure because it wasn't finished. Because the crowds are not there. Because people are not visiting. Do I think it's a failure? Just from what I've seen, pictures, videos, stuff like that, I don't think it's a failure, no. I just think there's a disconnect in some form or fashion with Disney, with Star Wars fans and Disney fans. A lot of us, big fans of the original three films. People in this generation, fans of the films, but not as intensely as we are. And their association with episode seven and eight isn't on the same level. So I think that's why, maybe one of the reasons why they're not going, like, again, we'll see it later, but it's okay. So what does Disney decide to do? And this goes back to what I talked about first at the beginning of Press Row. Hey, let's bring back the Main Street Electrical Parade. We need some people at Disneyland because apparently we're not getting it. You're going to get your crowds from D23. People are very interested as to what is going to be happening over at Epcot. They are. They really are. So much secrecy going on with this. So we want to know. We want to know what are they going to be celebrating for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. What is coming to this new Marvel land at Disney California Adventure? You're going to have the crowd show up for D23. But does that mean you need to bring back the Main Street Electrical Parade? I don't think so. I still think you'll have plenty of people headed over to Disneyland. Sorry, I'm just a little jealous, I guess. I just wanted a parade. That's all I want. Give me the parade and I'll stop talking about it. Because I know people are tired of me talking about it. I get it. That's my thing, though. That's, that's what I'm passionate about. That's how much I love a nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom. But because of the lack of people showing up, apparently, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. But people say there's a lack of attendance at Disneyland and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. 
that Disney is not very happy with the amount of people who are coming to see it. So I, I'm curious as to what you think. I want to know what you... I know I've gone a little long on this today. Um, it's just this stuff has been weighing on my mind pretty heavily. And I just needed to kind of get it out there. So I'm interested in your opinion. You want to comment on this? Send me an email. Send your email to DW60 at srsounds.com. Those are your top two news stories this week here on Press Row. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. Switzerland Radio, srsounds.com. Are you a park opener? Maybe you love the smell of pirate water. Here at Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company, we're a little sweet on Gaston, and we think you might be too. Bring these magically inspired scents to your home, or it could be off with your head. Magically scent your world at magicallyscented.com. Summer's here, so why not cool off with an iced coffee from Expedition Roasters? All our coffees can be brewed right over ice at your home for a refreshing, cool treat. Top it off with whipped cream, chocolate, or even a scoop of ice cream for a special summer coffee that's sure to please. So start your coffee adventure today by visiting us at ExpeditionRoasters.com to find out more about brewing iced coffee at your home and to shop our unique Disney and pop culture themed coffees. And be sure to use coupon code SR20 to save 20% off your first purchase with us. That's SR20 at ExpeditionRoasters.com. Brew your happy place. It's the summer of Sorcerer Radio. You can be a part of the summer festivities by getting one of our free Summer of Sorcerer Radio stickers and putting it anywhere you want. You can put them on cars, bikes, books, children. What? Just about anywhere. Get your free Sorcerer Radio sticker by sending us a self-addressed stamped envelope to P.O. Box 207, Prairieville, Louisiana, 70769. That's P.O. Box 207, Prairieville, Louisiana, 70769. Now back to the music right here on Sorcerer Radio. There's nothing quite like the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's the place where dreams come true. Moments last a lifetime, and enchantment is around every corner. The world tells you to grow up. Here, you never have to. Walt Disney World Resort. That's the power of magic. To book your magical Walt Disney World vacation, call Storybook Destinations at 1-844-TO-STORY or visit storybookdestinations.com. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Young man. <laughs> you think Calypso music is hot? You wait till you taste the pepper on this one. Ha! Ico, Ico brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Now, if you need to get in contact with me, send me an email. Send it to DW60 at SRSounds.com. You can contact me on Twitter at DW underscore 60. 
You can send a message to the DW60 Press Row Facebook page, or you can contact me in the Sorcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone. You want to hear DW60 in its entirety? Listen every single Friday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, with a replay at 7 p.m. Eastern over at srsounds.com. This is Jeff Davis, DW60's Press Row Podcasts. Have a magical day. Hear ye, hear ye, all heed the arrival of Prince Charming. Well, that's P-R-I-N-T-S Charming, don't you know? <clears throat> the Prince Charming Company has been searching for loyal commoners who wish to have all of their Disney-themed printing needs taken into their care. Stickers, pin-back buttons, event banners, shirts, and much more. Why stray from the safe haven of the kingdom to others that just don't understand our Disney people? The Prince Charming Company has been serving the loyal people of our lands for years and will help you make a magical impact on your customers. So visit PrinceCharmingCo.com today. We're keeping the kingdom colorful one sticker at a time. That's PrinceCharmingCo.com for all of your Disney printing needs. That's it. Carry on. Two score and 15 years ago, Walt Disney and Wed Enterprises investigated the opportunity to create attractions for the 1964 New York World's Fair to investigate interest for an East Coast Disneyland. Always an admirer of President Abraham Lincoln, Walt decided to partner with the state of Illinois to create an attraction for the Illinois Pavilion. Great moments with Mr. Lincoln. But this early audio animatronic show experienced numerous controversies and setbacks during its development and run at the World's Fair. Join historian Andrew Keist in celebrating the 55th anniversary of the fair as he examines the never-before-told story of Disney's partnership with the 1964 New York World's Fair and the state of Illinois in his newest book, Walt Disney and the 1964-65 New York World's Fair, Great Moments. Also join Keist as he journeys into the past to learn about Disney's present attractions as he interprets the historical details that abound in many Walt Disney World attractions. Were Pirates of the Caribbean beggars and blighters and ne'er-do-well cads? Should we really thank the Phoenicians for inventing the alphabet? Follow along with Andrew Keist as he travels through time, analyzing these details in his popular book series, A Historical Tour of Walt Disney World. Visit Amazon today to get his books and view his website, KeistTheHistorian.com, for more information. See you in the past. Hi, this is Sorcerer, thanking you, the listeners, for your continued support of Sorcerer Radio, a station committed to bringing the best Disney programming in keeping with Walt Disney's vision, a station where children and parents can have fun listening together and also transporting you back to that favorite place that you all love so much, Walt Disney World. Thanks again for listening. Have a magical day. 